This is the Black Hole Podcast with host Ryan Millsap. With a vision of how real estate could turn into movies and how movies could turn into money, Millsap set out to build the state's largest film complex. After checking that box, Millsap returned to his entrepreneurial roots, where real estate ventures, entertainment opportunities, nonprofit support, and golf course business deals rule the day. What's next for Ryan Millsap? Listen up, and you'll find out. Today on the podcast, I welcome Dolores Kroll, Executive Director of the Georgia Film Foundation. With the entertainment business taking off like a rocket, we'll use this podcast to reveal the landscape of the entertainment business and then look at it from a different view. We'll look at it from the view of the nonprofit foundation. It takes courage and vision and money to grow a successful nonprofit. And we'll talk with Dolores about how she's growing her store of jet fuel for the juggernaut that is the Georgia Film Foundation. Dolores, welcome to the Black Hall Podcast. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. I'm glad you're here. Um, I want to give the listeners a little bit of context, and then I've got some questions for you. So to give you guys context, Dolores is the executive director of the Georgia Film Foundation, uh, which is an organization that I helped put together after I sold Black Hall Studios uh, with the hope of helping the industry continue to build its education base uh, to build the workforce that can continue to grow the uh, the business in the state of Georgia. Now, I didn't have time to run such a thing, and so I started talking to Dolores about whether or not she could imagine this kind of vision too. And so then she took on the role to really, you know, put um, to put meat on the bones and to really grow this thing into something that can have lasting, long-term impact. And so um, with that as a little bit of context, you know, what I was going to say is, Dolores, what kind of, you know, what background did you have, you know, with government? What background did you have with, with um, entertainment, if any? What background did you have with corporate America that, you know, led you to think that a nonprofit leadership position for this kind of a role where you're going to, you know, it's going to be an interaction with government and corporate uh, could be a good fit? Well, for me, it was a pretty easy decision, and I think it's primarily because I spent a lot of time in corporate America, about 27 years, actually. And I had the distinct opportunity to serve in a couple of different roles during that 27 years. The company I started working with at AT AT&T was simply a telephone company at, at the time, and as the companies started merging with each other, bringing in different enterprises, such as entertainment, towards the end, it became a no-brainer when we started having that conversation. Um, another key piece of my background had to do with government. You know, I worked as a lobbyist for uh, a good while of that 27-year career with AT&T. So I had the benefit of knowing um, policymakers from the federal, state, and local level. And that helped a lot, I believed, with uh, the development of studios and just talking to um, policymakers about decisions they were making. And then finally, I think, to kind of wrap it up, uh, it's all about relationships. And in this business, in the business of working with nonprofits, I did a few uh, 
different stints with the AT&T Foundation and just always found that everything is about relationships. If you can communicate what your vision and your goals and hopes and dreams are, people will catch on to that. And uh, so that's why I stuck with it. Well, it was a, it's a good fit. You, you, I think you've been at it now almost a year. Almost so, a year, yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first year, you know, we had guys come on mostly from Atlanta. Right. Um, you know, the studios around uh, Atlanta, you know, some money from me to get going. And then I know uh, the guys that bought Black Hall have come on board. And uh, who, who would Shadow others? Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Shadow Box. Mm-hmm. Shadow Box. And then what are some of the other guys that have come on board to help out? Absolutely. Well, we do have this uh, one big company, uh, Gray Communications, and we talked there without give a shout out to one of our new board members, Hilton Howe. And they have a family of studios underneath them. Um, When they made the acquisition to the formerly GM plant off of 285, they're building a pretty big uh, project out there. They've got verticals going up already, and it includes some smaller studios, uh, Swirl, Assembly, and uh, Third Rail. So all of those studios are on board and on our board. Um, we've also got a smaller studio, uh, Go Media, and that's Wayne Overstreet, and so he's agreed to join our board. Uh, and we're working on uh, Electric Isle Studios. And oh, yeah. They, yeah, and they have an interesting uh, footprint in that they're going to be working on sustainable, sustainability, I guess. And it's probably one of the first uh, or recently developed uh, sustainable studio footprint. So. Well, and I know, uh, you know, I talked to Dan Cathy also down at Trillith. I know mm-hmm. they want to be involved in this. And, um, you know, that's a good core of guys inside of the Georgia community. But when we really think about, like, the longer term and, like, the big impact – I think that's going to come from the production companies in L.A. Absolutely, yeah. What we see uh, with uh, the next phase of this is the first thing we wanted to do was take care of home first. I think we thought it would be smart to make sure we had our home cooking done. So that's why we kind of elevated, I mean, that's why we kind of embraced our local studios because when we went out to the production studios in L.A. and other places, we wanted to be able to say, hey, We've got folks here in our own backyard that are willing to support this. Uh, However, what we really would like to see is um, these production companies really investing in Georgia because they are already receiving the benefits of the tax credits. And we know that uh, they bring their production companies to Georgia uh, above the line talent, below the line talent. Uh, They execute. They roll out their carpets, and then when they're done, they roll them back up, and they take all of that work back, and the distribution doesn't happen here. And so we want to have those conversations with those um, uh, production leaderships to say, hey, invest a, a portion of that back into the Georgia Film Foundation, and what we will do is we will take those resources and grow the footprint in Georgia. So when you come here and you have projects, it's turnkey. Yeah, it's it's a an aggregator. Yes. Right, a place for Disney and Sony, Netflix, Amazon, all these guys, HBO, to aggregate some funds that then can flow back into the Correct. workforce development. Now, the Georgia Film Academy, mm-hmm. which is funded by the state, has done a really tremendous job, you know, to this point. One of the reasons that this was born 
is that um, you know I was really involved with Jeff Stepakov, who's running the Georgia uh, Film Academy, and Josh Lee, who was uh, kind of his right hand involved in in that growth. And one of the things they expressed to me years ago was just that their growth was really limited by the speed at which the the state would fund and the speed at which the state might move, including the Board of Regents, right, which is what oversaw them. The Board of Regents in Georgia is who oversees all the public universities. So University of Georgia, Georgia Tech, uh, Georgia State, Kennesaw State, all of those institutions fall underneath the Board of Regents. And so uh, you can imagine that's not a fast-moving organization. And so when uh, I looked at all the good work that the Georgia Film Academy was doing, then I thought, you know, the only thing they need is they need uh, capital to multiply their efforts. They've developed a lot of curriculum. And so then getting that curriculum out into the hands of high school, college students, et cetera, and then developing new curriculum down into the elementary school levels, junior high levels, I think should be a priority. And so um, really the Georgia Film Foundation uh, is, is partnering with the Georgia Film Academy's work to then be this aggregator of the corporate capital to then allocate it. Is that, do you think that's a fair? Absolutely. One of the things that we're doing recently with them is, um, with the Georgia Film Academy, um, is we're partnering on specific projects. We're putting together now some packages of uh, basic training for some of the uh, the teachers in the K through 12 model. Uh, and what we're finding is a lot of schools have a desire to have their students be exposed to this content, but they don't have the instructional support that they need. And so that's one of the roles that the Film Foundation can fill. Um, we can fund those positions, fund the equipment that needs to be purchased for the students to have access and exposure to. And the Georgia Film Academy has done a really, like you said, Ryan, a really great job in having a statewide footprint. And ultimately, that's our goal at the foundation is we don't, you know, yes, we know the majority of production happens here in Metro Atlanta, but we represent the entire state. We plan to expand. We want to go out to places in rural Georgia, in South Georgia, Savannah, and the Georgia Film Academy has done a great job in already uh, touching in those places. Well, one of the ways you can have impact in those rural environments is not always taking filming to that destination, because that can be hard. But if you could get a couple kids who were really interested and talented, who then made a career out of film, mm -hmm. then as they got established in that career, right. they might bring something back right. to that particular city, right? Because it's their, it's their home. It's their love. Um, I just came back from a trip to New Zealand, and one of the things that's in interesting to me is that in Wellington, New Zealand, Peter Jackson, who made all the Lord of the Rings, that's his home. That's where he okay. grew up. Yeah. And so uh, he not only you know went to Hollywood and made a name for himself, then got this gig to do Lord of the Rings. All right, he got you know got it funded and you know had a huge amount of success there. He then built a, a studio for himself in Wellington, and a place that really shouldn't have as much infrastructure as it does does today because you had one guy who had a lot of success who then brought it back home. Okay. Okay. And so on a, on a smaller scale or, or maybe, I mean, who knows, maybe you get somebody huge from mm -hmm. America's Georgia, right? right? Um, you know, on a smaller scale, you hope to send your talented kids 
into the industry, have them get all this experience, have them have a huge amount of success, and then have it be their vision right. to bring it back home and then put down roots. I mean, Peter today is employing hundreds of people every year, thousands at times when he's making movies in Wellington, New Zealand, mm-hmm. right? Which, again, isn't a place that naturally should have a big production hub. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you say that because one of the things we've been able to do with the foundation already is we sponsored a group of about 17 uh, high school students, um, and they all came from one school system, uh, DeKalb County School System, and we sent a group of 17 students uh, with teachers and a few uh um, chaperones, of course, for a, a group of high school sk- kids. You need them out there. So we took them out to uh, Long Beach, California, um, and they were able to participate in a national uh, student telephone uh, ne- student television network conference. Um, now, those kids were from a variety of backgrounds. It was a diverse group of kids, and they all got the opportunity to work and see what the competition is like within their peer group. But the thing that reminded me when you were speaking about um, the brother in New Zealand Mm -hmm. is that... Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. Mm -hmm. Is that those kids in California were already rooted. And so when the groups got up to compete against each other, you could see where it was kind of like embedded in these kids. They had a sense of confidence and presence when they were doing their uh, videos and just the lingo and the comfort and ease in which they moved around the conference. It was evident. And although, you know, our kids did great, you could just see where the differences were. And it's all about being exposed to things. And those were the same kids that probably came from rural parts of California. You don't know where they came from. But because that footprint there is so entrenched, they were very comfortable. And that's what we want for our for our uh, kids here in Georgia. We want to be able to have a presence that's so uh, deep that when our kids come to compete, they know that they're competing with the best, their best in class. Um, that's one of the big takeaways I took from that conference. One of the things that makes me think when you, when you talk about that uh, trip to California, years ago, Josh Lee from the Georgia Film Academy took me on a tour of five high schools around uh, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And we started in the north um, up in, I think it was Gwinnett County. Yeah, it was Gwinnett County. We started in Gwinnett County. And we went to a high school where... Um, they had an incredible setup for television, right? So it was more focused on, you know, miniature television shows that the kids were making, but they had a beautiful facility. The kids all knew basically what was going on in the studio business in, in Georgia. They could tell me the movies that were being made right now in the, in Atlanta. They could tell me the movies they knew about black hall. They could tell me about the movies that were made at black hall. They're very informed, you know, on the ball in the space. We went to some other high schools, not as, you know, up to speed. We got down to a high school that was only two miles away from Black Hall. Mm-hmm. And not one kid in the class had ever heard of Black Hall. And that was shocking to me, you know, just to realize that uh, the disparity of information flow, mm-hmm. right? So uh, you want kids in the state to not only know that Georgia is has a huge entertainment industry, but know how to access it, know how to dream about it, know how to imagine being part of it, right. um, and then be able to uh, get the training necessary to find their way in. Now, we know that this industry is a uh, an industry really driven by 
uh, mentoring. It's not the kind of industry where you can just go get a degree. You got to get started, and then you know one, one the person above you is going to teach you, and you get you know elevated. And then you just keep growing in your mentoring, uh, and that's how you advance. But getting those opportunities, right? Like just getting the first two pieces of Velcro to touch, like to where you can just like get started. Right. That's really the goal. Uh, and 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 what you know, I know that uh, the the film foundation is trying to build is how do you keep giving uh, training and access? Right, right. And we will continue to do that. One of the other groups that we partner with is a group called uh, Reimagine. And we worked with them uh, recently, sponsored one of their events. Uh, and they they have a, a different model than um, the Georgia Film Academy in that they work a lot with independent filmmakers. And so uh, while the Georgia Film Academy really trains folks to be prepared to work on feature films, you know, large production capacities and that kind of thing, uh, Reimagine has a, a slightly different model, but they're the heart and soul of what they want to do is basically the same. Is They want to give kids an opportunity to learn and get exposure uh, to the industry. And they also, uh, in that model, focus a lot more on the creative piece, um, which I think is an area, if I were to be asked, that we should really grow in Georgia is the creative piece. You know, the writing rooms, people uh, that above-the-line talent that we really want to be able to develop. And it's interesting that you said that about um, the school that you went to, and it was so close to this studio, and no one, they didn't even know what Black Hall was. You know, I find that in a lot of places. The, the big project that's going on on 285, people see those buildings, they have no clue or idea about what's going on there. And I believe that what could unfortunately happen is that all of a sudden it pops open and people are like, oh, we didn't know this was going to be here. So I'd like to see us in Georgia do uh, an, an even greater job in promoting and marketing our presence in the industry. And, um, you know, hats off to Lee Thomas and the things that they do um, on behalf of the um, Georgia Economic uh, uh, Office, because I think that they do a great job in, in attracting what we need to do is kind of put that on steroids, if you would, mm-hmm. so that people know we're here and there's a presence. And like you said, people have to believe um, that there's an opportunity for them to do something. Uh, and this also, you know, we also want to work with adults that have uh, experience in the industry, you know, people that are IATSE members, you know. The union piece is a very important piece that um, we like to talk about when we uh, are talking about the foundation it, because we want to work in partnership, and we realize that that is a critical piece that a lot of students, you go through the Georgia Film Academy, or you go through, you get a a bachelor's in fine arts degree, and then you're done, and then you're going to go and work on um, the Black Panther. You know, it doesn't work that way. You have to get the experience and the exposure. You need to be connected with people that are um, maybe even perhaps in the Georgia um, Production Partnership Group. Mm -hmm. Um, But you have to establish those alliances so people can give you opportunities, internships, and the Georgia Film Foundation uh, is well positioned to do that. So let's talk a little bit about the economics. You know, when you think of Georgia and sound stages, in 2008, I think there were two sound stages in all of the state of Georgia Mm. about the time the tax credit was... um, was 
past, the new tax credit, the, the, the new structured tax credit that's been so successful. And then, um, you know, the guys at Screen Gems did the conversion of those warehouses right. at um, at Lake Lakeside. Is that mm-hmm. what this is? Lakeside. And then I think they built a stage, maybe two stages. And then Dan Cathy built Pinewood, right, which changed everything really 2014. Changed the landscape, yeah. Right, because when we had our first, like, true international uh, purpose-built soundstage complex that was as good as anything in the world, mm-hmm. right, Marvel moved in. Since that time, you know, about 120 sound stages have been added in Georgia, both purpose-built and converted warehouses. Right. So now we can house, I think usually it's like 60 projects at a time um, in Georgia. But those 60 projects, I bet they don't represent, from a soundstage basis, I bet they don't represent $100 million of revenue. Right? Right. So. The soundstage complexes themselves, let's say they're collecting $100 million in revenue mm-hmm. all, all across the state. To make all of those projects last year, the production company spent $4 billion in Georgia. Right. Right? So for that $4 billion spend, the state then issued about $1.2 billion in tax credits. And so the idea of the economics here is that of the $100 million that goes to the soundstages, you know, some money might flow back. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see a million, two million bucks, like collectively flowing back, you know, a couple percent, you know, something. But when you start talking about that tax credit, a billion two, you know, if we could get the production companies, all these big guys, Disney, Marvel, uh, Warner Brothers, um, Netflix, et cetera, to give back 2%, right, right, of the billion two, now, they're not collected all the billion, too. Let's say that there was a billion. But 2% of a billion dollars is 20 million bucks a year right. that could go to growing reimagine, that could yeah. growing, helping uh, accelerate the Georgia Film Academy and helping spread the workforce development. I think that's right. kind of the vision behind where we go from here. Absolutely. because And we want those production companies to look at this not um, – we want them to look at it as an investment because that's really what it is. They're investing in Georgia. Um, the state is investing with that tax credit that you're that you're receiving, and we want you to invest. And if they look at the long at the long game, once they make that investment, it eases operations on their side. And so that's the way that we're going to position it uh, as we as we begin talking with um, the Sonys and the Disneys. Is that um, what are you willing to invest? in Georgia since we've made this investment in you. And then we, we'll we be able to demonstrate that um, over time. Uh, and rather quickly, if you think about how quickly uh, Black Hall Studios came out in 2017, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would think, and, and let's not forget, were it not for Black Hall Studios, there wouldn't be the big expansion that's going on there now. Um, and so, you know, hats off to you. Uh, just for having that kind of vision. And we need people that have vision outside of just the norm because, you know, by your own admission, Ryan, you were not a a Hollywood uh, movie studio person. You know, you had an entirely different footprint. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, in your professional career, but you had to have a vision to see that. And someone else probably said to you, hey, have you thought about doing this? Mm-hmm. And that may be even the reason why you started doing that. And I believe in our conversations that someone did suggest that to you. So we want, we want well, many to see people, that. I mean, there's many people that suggested, right. you know, just because the, there was so much conversation in the state about sound stages and right. there was so much news about Dan and um, I had some background, right, being in, from Los Angeles, kind of right. like you were talking about those kids from Long Beach. Exactly. Right? And the fact that when you're in L.A., you absorb the film industry even when you don't realize it. Yeah. The way kids in New York might absorb finance. Yep. Right? Because it's just all over the place. and You run into people who are writers, directors, actors, producers, mm-hmm. camera people, union members, Or their whatever. mom and dads are. That exactly, was one of the yeah. big things. It was like that generational thing that mm. that I saw when we were there. It was like you'd talk to kids and they'd say, yeah, my, my dad works here and my mom does this or my brother is that. And that's the kind of generational workforce that we need to be able to uh, to drive home here in Georgia. But for sure, then I reaped a bunch of benefits that I didn't know about Mm -hmm. and then i hear i was in georgia and the film industry is exploding right but i had the context to understand like what la looked like how the industry worked in exactly yeah and um yeah i mean it's just you know serendipity Mm -hmm. serendipity in many ways um what are some of the other things that you're most excited about now that you've been kind of studying this Mm -hmm. for about a year and uh, really laying all the groundwork foundational work um, and now, you know, now it's really more on the execution side. So. Right. I think some one of the interesting things is that people don't talk a lot about is there are industries um, that are benefit within this footprint. Um, for instance, if you look at places like um, Home Depot, uh, Delta Airlines, yeah. Coca-Cola, um, the telecommunication companies, they all benefit in some way from, you know, this big explosion of film development uh, of the industry uh, in Georgia. If you look at how many of those folks are catching planes back and forth, they're flying crews all around. Um, Home Depot alone, can you imagine what benefits they are? Set design, um, the amount of uh, revenue that is being generated in those industries. And so now we're starting, now that we've got our... um, a pretty significant uh, place with our local studios. We're working on now talking to some of these corporations and say, again, it's all about investing in Georgia. And having come from the telecommunication side, knowing that many of those companies are also doing entertainment on the fringes of their enterprise, it makes uh, you know only good sense. I'm going to be meeting with some folks at AT&T in a couple of days just to talk about how we can connect. And so those, it's almost as if you know I grew up in Buffalo, New York for a long time, and one of the things that was interesting is that um, you know there was a big steel plants were all around us, Republic Steel, Bethlehem Steel, but right on the edge of that were the car companies, GM, Chevy, Ford. You need those, but you need steel to make the cars. Then after that, we had a big explosion of tire companies. So you had Dunlop Tire, Michelin Tire, all these companies. And then after that, you have the companies that make the widgets, and then they benefit from it. So it's almost the same kind of mindset where there's a collection of people that benefit from the big old steel industry, and the, the lesson to be learned from that is that when that steel industry dried up, 
so did those businesses. And so part of that is keeping up with technology, the competition in Georgia. You know, we're competing with entire countries for movies, you know. We're competing with the U.K., we're competing with Canada, and we're a little state, you know, but but we're, we're kicking butt, you know. But we need that. We need to remain competitive. And in order to do that, uh, we need to do some of the things that we're doing at the foundation to make sure that we, we remain competitive. Yeah. When I think of like you were talking about Home Depot, mm-hmm. you know, the amount of wood, just wood products right. that are purchased for all the set building, I would guess is at least a hundred million a year. I'll bet. I'll bet. Right. Because yeah. I mean, just at, just at Black Hall, mm-hmm. the productions that were there collectively were buying at least 10 million a year. Wow. Right. So then you multiply it by Trillith and Tyler Perry and, mm-hmm. you know, all of the other studios that have all, you know, popped up. The I would think it's got to be $100 million. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? So I don't know if Home Depot's getting all of that, but it'd be fascinating to track. Right. You know, try to go find all those companies that are benefiting and say, hey, you know, plow some back in and let's, mm-hmm. you know, let's keep growing the space, growing the talent base, growing the education awareness, et cetera. Um, I know that when I think about like Georgia Power, we were, you know, we were paying Georgia Power at least, I think, 75 grand a month in power. Right. And that's one location that's one lo- doing that. Exactly. Right. right. So, so let's say that, you know, all of them, you know, it's got to be like a million bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Easily. Right? So yeah. then let's say they're doing 12 million in revenue. Right. And then uh, Coca Cola. I don't have any idea how much Coca-Cola they're mm-hmm. selling inside the <laughs> film industry, but you know, if there's 60 productions and every day, uh, they're doing, um, they're doing, uh, you know, on, on, on location, um, food, mm-hmm. there's gotta be a benefit, Coca-Cola benefit. They could probably track that. AT&T, the amount of high speed internet. Oh yeah. The fiber that they lay in certain areas because they even track, you know, when they, when they're laying fiber, you know, it's, it's all based on projections and where, you know, they do assessments years out. They know what's coming where, and that's where they're going to lay that fiber. So I can easily see where they should be able to track that. And, and if they can't, that's my job. To remind them, <laughs> you know, and when we have that conversation, that's what we talk about, um, because I'm sure uh, the thought never even occurs to them that some of this revenue and it's this is all new money in some cases, you mm-hmm. know, it's new money. So this new these new revenue streams, where they come from, because you better believe if they if they lay some fiber in a, a, a multi dwelling unit, it has 2000 units. That's new revenue that they'll be able to track. And so um, they just need to, all of these industries just need to be more aware and conscious. And I think the Film Foundation's job is to bring them into the light, you know, bring well, you them know, into the light. And actually something that just made me, uh, when you were talking about that, made me think of another industry, which is the apartment business. Mm-hmm. I've had guys in the apartment business and I, you know, I used to own a lot of apartments, so right. I have a lot of friends in the apartment business. And I've had a number of guys, at least at least three guys say to me, our business has been so positively impacted by the growth of the film industry mm-hmm. uh, for a couple of reasons. Not only all of the people that have been imported, right. you know, the talent that's been imported to Georgia that's then put down roots, right? but also um, the, where they're importing people from, right? They're importing from California, New York, uh, London, mm-hmm. places where the rents are a lot higher. right? And so those people have even pushed rents because they feel like everything in Georgia is free. Yeah. <laughs> and and so that psychology is you know played a big role in allowing the rents to get pushed. At least that's part of their thesis around yeah. it. 
Um, and then as people get trained up in this industry, they get paid a lot more money than mm-hmm. they do in other industries for similar type work. Now, the work in the entertainment industry is, is hard work, long hours, kind of investment banking. Like, you know, from right. dawn, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you start working again and then you, you might not stop until late into the night. And then you might get to take a break because you might finish a project and you might take a month off mm-hmm. or two months off. You could do that in the, in the film industry. But when you're working, it's pretty intense, Tense, yeah. right? Pretty intense. But the jobs are very high paying jobs. Mm-hmm. And so then they can afford even more rent and nicer apartments. Right. And so that's somebody else that we should talk to is, is yeah. the, uh, the, the alliances of, of apartment people yes. in the state. Uh, which I can help you get connected to. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I should have thought about that before. But you know, it's interesting you say that because uh, in one of my, you know, two uh, post-retirement gigs, <laughs> um, we used to, uh, in, when I worked in government, one of the industries we worked with is, was real estate. And, uh, the, and of course, they always came to uh, us as a county entity wanting some kind of um, relief or... Uh, some kind of process defined for permitting and 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 moving uh, right aways and getting things done quickly. Uh, so, and there are a pretty strong alliance. You know, the Atlanta Apartment Association, the the Board of Realtors, all those folks. You know, they're they're all pretty close. So yeah, that is. I think they're group. worth talking to. Yeah. I mean, the realtors, even just the amount of real estate that they've sold to people in the film industry. Yeah. That have come here again, putting down roots, making yeah. this their home. Uh, we reap those benefits from a mentoring standpoint. Right. Every time a set builder sets down roots in Fayetteville right. in order to be close to Trillith, now they're they they have to uh, recruit crews to build all their sets, exactly. and they start recruiting where they live. Right. Just the way anybody would. It also it sounds like you're finding more work for me to do, Ryan. I, I'm I just going to say that. So let me. <laughs> That's the beauty of just, brainstorming sessions. Exactly. Let me just thank you in advance for that. You know, but uh, no, but that is those are great ideas. Yeah, yeah. On the education side, have you been talking to? Um, you know, superintendents, uh, principals, those kind of people, and getting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've talked to uh, in, in both um, Gwinnett and in DeKalb County a couple of schools. We've done some some visits like you did, but we also talked to them about funding and how they are currently positioned in terms of their staff. Because that's one of the things where they have a desire, but you know, education budgets are always cut. And um, they and all, one of the first places to get cut off is the arts. Is the arts? That's right. And just in terms of um, the high school that you talked about, uh, that was is close to um, the studio. They had a teachers or several teachers kind of lined up, you know, to to execute on uh, a program, and then COVID came. Mm. And so that's been one of the challenges that we've had with COVID. Um, impacting kind of some of the things we do, and I, I'm never going to be a uh, a COVID excuse maker because there are a lot of them out there in enough industries. Um, but it is a fact that it's not we, a supply chain problem. It, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a supply chain problem. Um, but in general, the schools want the training. They want access. They want their their uh, students to have access, and they want it to be embedded into the regular curriculum, not just uh, 
one shiny object, you know, one building where you cram everybody in and everybody is in there for the same reasons. And it needs to be integrated into the schools. One of the things we found out when we were in Gwinnett is that their uh, language arts and fine arts teachers uh, have taken classes, I believe, at the Georgia Film Academy, and they are weaving some of those things that they learn into their basic language arts um, classes that make people a little bit more interested, make it sound, you know, a little more sexy. Um, and I don't know how, you know, uh, attractive or uh, appropriate the word sexy would be with high school students, but I nonetheless, think, I think you get where I'm going. I think yeah. that's intergenerational. Yeah, that yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Speaks to every yeah, every yeah. age group. Yeah, but that's one of the things that, that some of the school systems talk about, is how we integrate the curriculum in so that it's viewed not as, you know, these are the artsy kids. Because, you know, when you think about it, a lot of times students that focus in on arts, um, they're almost like nerds because they're not part of uh, the standard, you know, they're not the jocks, you know, um, they're not the people that are in front of the, um, their computers, but they're, they're in a silo and they all stick together and they, they support each other, which is a cool thing. And wouldn't it be nice to have that interspersed into an entire curriculum where people have the freedom for to be able to express themselves and express um, what they love about what they want to do into math, reading, whatever the subject is. Um, you can find some way to almost act out anything, I'm finding, uh, especially when you talk to kids. They have a way of creating things if you let their minds create. But you have to be willing, and, and the school systems, not just in Georgia, I think this is across the board, they have to be willing to embrace that spirit. If people are interested in keeping up with the Georgia Film Foundation, how do they do that? Uh, the first thing they should do is go to thegeorgiafilmfoundation.org. We have a great website that gives you all the information on what we're doing, uh, who we are, and it's also an opportunity to make a donation and support us. Um, we we also have a blog there, you know, where people chime in, give us feedback on what they need to do. And we also have information on there about um, pending grants that we're going to be offering, uh, projects that we're going to be supporting. So we want people to, to go on to the GeorgiaFilmFoundation.org website and check us out. Thanks for taking the time to do this. It's Thank been you. Good this to, was fun. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm glad we could do it. Hopefully uh, listeners feel like they have a better sense of what the Georgia Film Foundation is and, yeah. and what's trying to achieve. Well, thank you. It's been great. Thanks for all the work on it. I know you're doing uh, really you know, fantastic things. Thank you. This has been the Black Hall Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thanks for listening.